It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Buying a home can feel like navigating uncharted waters. Redfin agents can help. They'll answer your questions with honest advice so you know exactly what you're getting into. They'll also help you tour as many homes as you want and show you what it takes to make a winning offer. With a Redfin agent on your side, you can sail straight to your dream home. Local expertise from Redfin. That's real estate done right. Tour subject to property and agent availability. Virginia Office Falls Church, VA. 844-759-7732. Hello, my name is Dave Hanready and there will be no encore. Welcome to episode 20 of the No Encore Music Podcast. I, we've got a full house today, joined by my boys, Craig. How much is that ratty in the window? What's up? Doesn't work at all. Cullum. <laughs> How's it going, man? Not bad, man. A lot better than Craig. But uh, <laughs> we're also joined today by... Wasn't spe- mine, by the way. Special Just guest. Special guest, Craig. Calm down. Special guest, Dave Higgins, film editor for State.ie and uh, a good friend of the show, Dave. Thanks, guys. Uh, it's good to be here. I finally get to uh, live a dream of always. I've always wanted to say, "Long time listener, first time caller." So, <laughs> should we do an awkward? Yeah, yeah, why not? Why not? Yeah, this long term listener, occasional caller is how I want Craig to introduce himself every week. <laughs> oh me, yeah, that is Jesus. Geez, like, like I've been, up on I've, been, I, I've been dropping some passive aggressive digs in our group I've chat. Missed but that's... two more than come. <laughs> two more. All right. Should be, should Where be... were you when Prince died? Where were you? I was on the couch at home. Yeah. <laughs> should be said we should be galvanized at this stage. We should be coming together because we are nominated for an award. That's right, Cullum. That's in fact correct. We are nominated at this year's Web Awards for round of applause again. Yeah, fuck it. We've, we've earned it. Yeah, yeah. We so nom- this will be the last episode. We've achieved all our aims. We are nominated for best historic and or cultural review. No, we're nominated for best podcast series, and it's an absolute delight. After you know less than twenty episodes to to be up there, uh, I think it's going to be whittled down to a short list. So if we're not in that short list, 
you know, I don't know, it's fine. But I, I, I'm confident that we will be. Yeah. I'm hopeful that we will be. So, yes, uh, it should be mentioned as well, we're also up against um, two other podcasts from this very parish from the Headstuff Podcast Network. So, shout out to Juvenilia with Alan McGuire, uh, Ellen Tannum and Sarah Maria Griffin, and also the Al Spittle Show. Thanks. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah, best uh, luck, guys. We um, wish them the best of luck, and yeah, you know, well, you know what that means. So you know, it's fine. Like, as long as they don't fucking matter. Call me. What were you saying? Mics are on. <laughs> oh yeah, sorry. Um, best of luck to the guys and to everyone else involved, of course. But no, it's uh, to be fair. Like it's it's lovely to have that, and um, I can only say thanks to everyone who's been listening and supporting the show so far. Uh, just to prove though that we're not going all big time. Things haven't changed that much. No. Uh, in fact. Things clearly haven't changed that much since Dave was in his early to mid-teens because you've been going to wrestling again. I have been going to wrestling again. I'm rediscovering the the boy within and <laughs> whatever the that sweaty, means. sweaty, sweaty boy within. I tell you, man, I couldn't wear my glasses for those first two matches. <laughs> it was like a fucking Beano cartoon. Oh, man. Yeah, the Tivoli Theatre. I think they knocked on some form of air conditioning halfway through the show and thank God they did because I was like a cartoon snowman, like like on a tropical holiday. It was really bad. That's how I've always seen you, by the way. So, thanks, man. Uh, Over the Top Wrestling. Yeah, I've been there now a few times and very, very enjoyable. Uh, had a great time. Good crack. The main event actually had t- the two, the kind of babyface tag team, Will Ospreay and Ryan Smile, were called the Uptown Funkers, and they lived up to their name by coming out to Uptown Funk, that overrated pop song from last year, and they basically came out, did a dance, a very choreographed thing, odd in the world of professional wrestling, I know that they'd be good at choreography, but uh, brought people into the ring, did this kind of whole kind of, you know, it would be cringeworthy at a wedding type situation, but it was fine in this uh, environment. For the entirety of the song. So, yeah. And it should be said that no matter what sort of choreographed dancing you're going to find in a wrestling ring, it still had nothing on Paul Pogba. Oh, I'm so happy. Now, I know Craig is a hashtag Pogbacker. Um, (laughs) I'm dabbing right now. Like, (laughs) what was that? If if you're unfamiliar, if you're not a soccer fan, Paul Pogba's re-signed for Manchester United where he left about six years ago. He's come home, I think is what you mean to say. Yeah. And he, he was basically unveiled as such in a video with Stormzy <laughs> rapping and Paul Pogba kind of, yeah, dabbing. Looking and all mean. Giving it yeah. a bit mean mugging in the biggest sense, like, yeah. And I think Stormzy released it prematurely. <laughs> so everyone everyone knew it was happening anyway, but before the big official reveal. Like, is this going to be a thing now? Oh, yeah. It's already kind of, I mean, this is the biggest deal they've made of it. I think it was mainly Adidas as opposed to Manchester United, but yeah, it's all going that way. Like, what happens? Are we going to have, like, lethal dialect unveiling new signings for Shamrock Rovers or I something? I think he's already doing that, to be honest. <laughs> You're a Forest fan, Dave, is that right? I'm, uh, I'm, I actually have retired as a Nottingham Forest fan. Wow. Whoa. The only thing that was keeping me in the grasp of following Nottingham Forest was following them on Twitter and just before the season started. Once Andy Reid retired, I was like, that's me, I'm done. I don't know if he can retire as a football fan. It's like, you know, you're like the Pope or something, the last Pope. <laughs> Not supposed to be done. It's not, but you know, uh, On the you know, you're, the you're, you're a United well. fan. You don't. It's easier, yeah. It's, it's, it's an easy yeah, life, yeah. but it's you know, when you're when you're a fan of a team that haven't been in a, of course, yeah. the top division for 15 years, uh, it's a it's a tough time. It is a tough time, and I think it's been a very tough emotional time for all four of us at this table, because you know, eagle-eared listeners from last week's show will recall that we did our very very best to not tempt fate. Mm-hmm. We played by the rules on this one because we were sure that today on this podcast that we would be reviewing a certain record as our main featured review we're not we're, we're going to review a different record later in the show why because frank Owens, ocean's a fucking liar because frank ocean's a fucking liar 
That's yeah. what I've got down you, in my news notes. We, and that's what I've just said. That's the headline of the first news bolt. item. In big block All capitals. Capitals. We were so sure. We're like, we better, you know. Why? Everyone would be listening to it. Like I, feel like in the, I feel like that bit in the, that bit in the, like, the dramatic Lifetime movie of the week where the kid's waiting for the dad to show up and bring him to the baseball game. And, you know, he's not coming, honey. Just like, I, I can't take any more of this, man. I hear November 13th. That's what I'm hearing. Do you hear that, do you? <laughs> like, I mean, in that oh, case. official website. <laughs> in that case, what was already a properly fucking weird thing with his sort of DIY video yeah. has now reached levels of. Right, like, really, what the fuck was that? Was that trolling? I've no idea. Because it doesn't make any sense. I mean, people were watching that thing for hours and just like, oh, something's got to be happening. How do we feel about this? Uh, I was talking to Dean Van Nguyen, previous guest of No Encore, friend of the show, and all-around great journalist of musical things. He basically reckons that he's totally all right with it. He thinks that, fair enough, it's great to have some mystery in this day and age, and where the album itself gets more currency from this, and who else do we really have who can kind of send the internet and music fans alike into a tailspin? How, I, I know where he's coming from, I'm not saying he's wrong. But I just kind of feel like, you know, it's getting to a point now where I'm like, just release the fucking record. I think you? there is a tipping point in these things. I think you're basically looking at, and obviously, you know, very different record, very different times. But if you remember kind of like Chinese democracy and stuff like that, this that was the ultimate in when is the album coming? Yeah. Why don't we have the album? What's going on with the album? But it eventually reached a point where all that anticipation almost turns into like a joke, basically. And yeah. It, and, and it becomes a sideshow. I don't think that's the case with Frank well, Ocean yet. it's been less than four years. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's, I probably, don't it's think definitely going to drop this year. I mean, it, it, Easy, Craig. Well, <laughs> I'm, I'm calling it. <laughs> there will be brave. no Brexit, as I've said before. <laughs> as I said, the, the night before they voted out. Well, look, if it's and, half as good uh, Frank as Chinese, Ocean will drop if it's half as good as Chinese democracy, well then, well, then we're sorted, enough. aren't we? I think in fairness to Frank, you know, Axel might have been a spent force even when he released his album previous to that, whatever, many years before it was. But, um, were you uh, refreshing... Twitter uh, sort of a midnight that, that night that so, fateful evening so yeah I, I kind of wonder about this because I don't really care um, like I'm look when Stop this album recording get him off mic <laughs> when this album drops I'm very excited for it but like aside from people like us who kind of are on Twitter and music journalists do people really are people really waiting like in anticipation that much like I got up on Friday morning and I was like oh new Frank Ocean record today it wasn't there, and I was like, "Okay, well, there's a new Wild Beast record, so like, there's plenty of stuff to go around." Like, yeah. and I feel the, we'll be like, fine. we're we're at a kind of uh, I'm fine <laughs> an impasse where there's like so much to consume, like so much new music that like I was kind of happy to have not another record that like demanded immediate listening to. So take your yeah, time, I'm Frank. Kind of, I, to be honest, I'm kind of just saying, <laughs> take your yeah, time. I think we're we're grand. Yeah, it's been and a good I mean, year. as Colm says, I feel like him almost not delivering and people reacting to it and coming up with kind of funny jokes around the situation is also part of the whole charade and charade circus I should say rather um, although you know it feels like a charade man it feels like you're messing with us but uh, no hopefully it arrives soon but uh, ultimately you know I don't need another one of those it's definitely out tomorrow it's not out tomorrow but as Dave says there is plenty of new music so but if anything like he's um, he's controlling the conversation like the way records come and go now that it's very hard like you kind of have this one window where you know you might do a surprise album drop and you'll kind of run and own the narrative about what's going on in music for a week and then it's gone while Frank is basically kind of running it at the moment and he will pretty much all the way up until it actually does drop similarly way that and I don't mean to get on your corner but uh, <laughs> that Kanye kept making hey, adjustments hey, off, <laughs> <laughs> to the life of Pablo so like you know if he just brought it out and that record came out the day he did the uh, the fashion show or the day after you know a week later something come along that gets our attention but like his constant 
tinkering with it like has made it a thing that we're still talking about. Yeah, yeah, not very true. Some yeah. something that I feel that we're not really talking about anymore for very kind of obvious reasons because something that is definitely creatively spent is uh, The Simpsons. The Simpsons was once uh, one of the, the Remember greatest the shows. Simpsons. Remember The Simpsons. To be fair, The Simpsons like at its peak is still you know like, like you can reference The Simpsons all the time. You can quote it all the time. Like 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 that kind of string of whatever six or eight seasons, whatever it was in a row. Like I always wonder about the jokes that they, that they didn't use. I mean, mm-hmm. that, like, to be in that writers' room, like I'd love to go back in time and just be a fly on the wall. It must have been unbelievable. But obviously, it's still on the air. It's a shadow of its former self. Might even be putting it mildly. I haven't tuned in in years. I do think Homer Simpson is one of the greatest characters ever, if not the greatest character ever. But I kind of feel like the show needs to just go out of its, you know, it needs to be put out of its misery. They don't feel the same way. Fox don't feel the same way. As a matter of fact, we're going to get more of it. Isn't that right, Colm? And we're not only just that, but we're going to get a musical-themed hour-long episode. their first ever time going for an hour. And it's going to be uh, something of a hip-hop special uh, entitled The Great Fatsby. Oh god! And uh, starring uh, Keegan Michael Key from uh, Key and Peele, and also uh, Taraji P Henson from Empire. Um, it just sounds like it's really not going to work. That's a fat with a PH just for. <laughs> they're not, need to get that. They're not body there. shaming anybody. <laughs> to be fair, I don't think you have to explain <laughs> the single entendres that The Simpsons uses jokes now. What do we think about the hilarious spokesperson explanation here? Where it this was just going to be a regular episode, but the table read went so well in a fit of passion and excitement and ambition and excess. And now it's clearly just another gimmick. I mean, they try this every two years or so, where they just have something else that they try and you know. There's a lot of news about it, um, but the end product is crappy. I mean, didn't they kill off some very minor character about a year or two ago and it tur- you know they made a big deal like it's going to be a main player you're right it was the father of Krusty exactly wasn't it? Like, I, 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 I ripped yeah. Jesus I ripped this <laughs> I haven't gotten there yet <laughs> I ripped this at the time in the, in the pages of Hot Press yeah that it was yeah. built up major character death it was the premiere of I think the 27th season or right, something like right. that and it was just Rabbi Hyman Krustovsky yeah it's Brilliant. just like that's where we're at now kill it Kill Speaking it. of in the pages of Hot Press, we should all give Colm a round of applause because he is the new sports columnist for Hot Press magazine and has come up with a very. Um, it mu- this must have taken errors, man. It used it to be was... called. It used to be called foul play. So, in, in honor of a new era, Colm's sports thing is called sports column. Woo! It's beautiful. <laughs> I'm just so proud of you, baby. Thank you. So proud. <laughs> but the Simpsons episode, yeah, uh, part one <laughs> Part one will be called The Betrayal, and part two will be called The Revenge, as the spokesperson goes on to say, it's kind of like a two-part rap album. Because we love those. This is just going to be horrible. I mean, the hip-hop references are just going to be awful. I'm assuming at this point, all of the people that were connected with when it was in its heyday have kind of left. Oh, well, I in terms of so, the writers. apart from so the voice you know, talent. Yeah. It's just a bunch of people messing around with some vaguely familiar characters, isn't it? It's, yeah. Who is writing for The Simpsons these days? Or, like, who aspires Who's to write for The it? Simpsons? Is it getting any ratings? Like, I mean, like, the cast have to be on huge money, don't they? Because they held them up for money for years. Yeah, yeah, so, I'd like, say so. How yeah. is this? Fair enough. It's, it's an institution. It's a cornerstone of uh, a Fox. It's an iconic thing. Genuinely iconic. But, like, you know, it doesn't need to be on the air anymore. Just gotta, gotta rerun the good stuff. Gotta assume it's very financially rewarding as well. Not just for Fox in terms of merchandising mm. and image rights or all that sort of nonsense. Um, for the people who are involved who get jobs as I say I mean like yeah, I don't know who aspires to it as their lifetime dream but certainly uh, your bank manager won't be giving out to you for landing a job there it's probably but, good in the CV if you're trying to get into writing oh, I yeah. just did a few episodes of Simpsons or maybe not as we, yeah, yeah uh, I think it's terrible when, when, when shows kind of 
go down the musical route. You know, I, I feel like it's it's a real cash grab situation, mm-hmm. and I really hope that that, that Buffy I, episode worked. Do you remember that from the way back? One? It was Didn't actually well written. Like yeah, it was okay. just it was because it was in it was knowingly like, done. That's you know, one episode about, yeah. though. I feel like I feel like you know, like, like if you're going to do some kind of mad grandstanding thing. You know, go on the road per se. You know, with your show, I that that's when I go. Ah, oh, listen, mate, run and out of ideas, kind of thing. Thankfully, that's not going to happen. Oh wait, <laughs> yeah, uh, Game of Thrones are, are planning a nationwide tour in the United States, um, full orchestra and choir uh, to start next year, playing twenty eight dates across the country um, for the Game of Thrones live concert experience. It's produced by Live Nation. It's going to use innovative music tour production and video technology to recreate the various realms found throughout Westeros and ASOS, as well as showcase footage from the show, in addition to all the new imagery created exclusively for the tour. Jesus Christ. So I guess we're not getting a, a proper musical in the sense that there won't be people prancing about on stage. Or singing to, parts? Yeah, no, yeah. I don't think well, so. Yeah, small mercies, I guess. If you were sitting in seat number nine, would you kind of be like, I shouldn't really be sitting here. <laughs> Something bad's going to happen to me. Um, musically, though, Game of Thrones overall, I mean, that's team tune is insane but oh it's wonderful yeah I mean it's yeah it's and obviously lovely. in the most recent season the last episode had that fantastic yeah, those yeah, opening light, 15 minutes light or so of the was, seven yeah. I believe is the piece by Raman Jawadi really raised his game and yeah to be fair that piece in particular like got a lot of praise deservedly so and I was kind of almost like I was like you know it's not that, it's not that he's been phoning it in or anything but this really stands out and now I know why he he knew that this was coming up. He this is like, Ad- do you know what this is? This is Emmanuel Adebayor playing for a contract. That's what it is. He was like, <laughs> you know, we're going out on the road soon. I better really just make sure that people are interested. I know what I'll do. I'll write a fucking incredible piece of piano music. Yeah, like I'd be kind of up for seeing a full orchestra do that live. I'd be absolutely yeah. in on this. Yeah, yeah, I think absolutely. so. I guess so. I've never gone to one of these things like Lord of the Rings or Gladiator or anything like that. Unfortunately, like not quite the same, but Hans Zimmer played the three arena this year and I didn't get to go, which I've heard it was unbelievable. And I'd say it was. Even He can be a bit of a hack, but you know his good stuff is unbelievable. Yeah, I didn't get to Hans Zimmer. I went to Ennio Marcone there a few months previous. How was that? And that was outstanding again. Yeah. It was really, really good. Knowing your luck, Dave, we won't have this tour come to Ireland until after the next season, at which stage your Game of Thrones love will have just disappeared completely. Yeah. Game of Thrones love? Well, you did like the show. It's all right. It's good. Oh, come on. You definitely on. liked it you more than that right episode. now. That's my point. Oh, at one point, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's gone off a cliff in recent So presumably years, after the next you season, think the you'll last be going season, down again. Do episodes that kind of saved it? It was good, but it's still, it's, it's a soap opera. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, it's always kind of It's good. That. It's interesting. I'm glad it's wrapping up. This is what, two more seasons, 13 episodes overall? Yeah, it's not a huge amount. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. They've It'll made a lot of... A bit of yeah. Yeah. It is... Look, it is what it is. It is what it is. Yeah. It's, it's a show that kind of, like, has its big moments that kind of make you forget about how boring it was for, you know, at least five or six it episodes where slog. you were just yeah, building to get there and then it has a great release every season or maybe it has one or two. And um, But apart from that, it's like, I don't know. I, I'm kind of with you. Like, I find it very enjoyable, but if someone was to just present me and be like, this is exactly what happens in the end, and I could read it in, like, a Wikipedia page, I'd probably do it. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. I'm actually going to Seville in a month or two, um, where they film the scenes for Dorne. Oh, no. Nice. Or they don't Off film the, the scenes for Dorne, as the case may be. <laughs> a few out-of-work actors around yeah, there. Yeah, presumably, <laughs> presumably I'll find Oberyn Martell just strolling around, just going, I can't believe how much they fucked this place up. Yeah. <laughs> the water garden's oh, just in a state of disrepair. Yeah. What a clusterfuck that was. Seriously. Elsewhere this week, uh, the Maccabees announced that uh, they are to be no longer. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of, it's sad news. We've seen a lot of bands kind of decide to split up recently. It feels like that, doesn't it? Do you reckon just... that they saw the Johnny Burrell Indie Landfill piece 
maybe you know <laughs> they didn't see it at the time then they saw it and they were like fuck really maybe we should hang it up well like they're like is this how far we've gone like is possibly this how- now to be fair I was never a big Maccabees guy Maccabees are quite good you're a fan <laughs> yeah and I think Cullum likes them too Cullum as a matter of fact I will say this thank you very very much for bringing me to the show mm-hmm. when they played last uh, winter autumn kind of time in the Olympia I mean I'm not didn't really know them but that was I loved that that was great I had a lot of fun they were terrific live, and they're but, fans, by the way. I, I like I saw I saw Mogwai in the Olympia, saw Interpol last year. The fans of the Maccabees were louder than yeah. than Mogwai were. It was unbelievable, the, and you could a, even see the band themselves were like so, like they were enthralled by what was in front of them. It was a genuine kind of two way thing, and I, I, I have to say, like when I saw this, I was kind of like, oh, that's a shame. I hope they're all happy because they kind of won me over that night. They were great. So again, thanks, man. Really yeah, enjoyed it. Uh, they, sorry, come. You were going to say no, something. No, I was just going to say, like, that there is a kind of a kind of cult hero status around them to a certain extent. Partially, I think, because they were very much a band that didn't sort of move with fads. Ultimately, yeah. that might be why, after fourteen years, they've decided, well, that's about it. Yeah, but I, I it find also it kind of why they did so well in the first place. Interesting, because they say in a statement which doesn't really reveal much that they're not kind of leaving as a divided force, so they're still on good terms. Um, Dave, as you say, their fans were kind of totally into them. They seem to be playing a lot of festivals, having a great career going. The last record, um, Marks to Prove It, was kind of quite experimental at times even. Um, Excellent been, title track as well. Yeah. Fantastic. They like, may have opened with that they that were doing, like, doing wow. interesting stuff. If there's, I don't know. There's no real rationale given as to why they've broken up. So it's not a case of just you know diminishing returns. Um, so it's a real shame. At the same time, um, we've spoken before on the show about bands that, you know, kind of maybe overstay their welcome uh, I interviewed 65 Days of Static a couple of weeks ago and the quote that kind of like we led with which uh, on Drown and Sound which admittedly is like a kind of a you know clickbaity kind of quote but at the same time it does reflect what was said was 80% of bands don't really need to exist and they were kind of referring to the fact that they've been around for over 10 years and they kind of had a point in their own career when they kind of were like well, should we keep go- keep this going how do we make it work and he was like, you know, well, do, what bands really need to exist? And I kind of feel like the Maccabees probably had the same conversation. And it, and it was more a case of, you know, we've done a lot. We've had some great stuff. Is there any point in just keeping churning out the same stuff over and over again? And I have to say I really respect them for this. Yeah, but I, my point would be that they haven't been churning out the same stuff. So I guess maybe it was well, yeah, I mean, like, that I old like musical differences actually being the reason. Um, mm. I don't know. It's so the- you, don't, you, you don't buy the harmony of the statement then? Um... Well, I'd say on personal terms they might be fine, but it just might be a case of they want to go in different directions. I mean, they've said they want to continue in music. Um, the band are like Orlando, Rupert, Hugo and Felix. I think they won't be on the dole within no, the next six months. <laughs> um, so they'll be fine. Uh, thanks for the music and thanks for the memories, guys. <laughs> were they uh, schoolmates of Hotship and Burial? What was that? The, the school oh my God. those guys went yeah, to? Yeah, yeah. I can't think of the name of school, but yeah, it sounds like they're quite well to do. <laughs> What's your favourite uh, like pretentious music name? I think he came up last week when you we were talking about the Mercury Prize. Benjamin Clementine. Benjamin yeah, Francis that's, Lefwich. Yeah, that's oh, that's good. Well. Yeah, I like that, that one as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah I, 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 I'm a sucker for a good double barrel. They're always great. Now I know Dave has been looking forward to this moment. Attention, everyone! One, one, one. Shut up, Craig on Kanye. So, Sir Paul McCartney of Wings fame was asked by Rolling Stone recently if he thinks Kanye is a genius. He laughed. I don't throw that word around. I think he's a great artist. He did compare him to Andy Warhol, though, so Kanye can add that to the list of Walt Disney, Steve Jobs, Picasso, and Jesus. Thank you very much, Craig. 
We'll have more Craig and Kanye <laughs> as news develops. <laughs> Before we get to Songs of the Week, which we are coming up to relatively shortly, we'll be listening to the best singles to catch our ear. One thing that did take us by surprise in the past seven days was this. Yeah, that's a one-off standalone release from Bell and Sebastian. It's called Olympic Village 6AM, and apparently they are huge fans of the Olympic Games and just couldn't resist making a tune. Um, <laughs> this must have warmed your heart as a huge... The biggest Olympics fan I think I've ever met, really. Yeah, I love the Olympics so Watching much. the Olympics, You've talking been, to Olympians. He's been uh, saying, oh yeah, crushing dreams. Crushing, crushing the Olympians. Cursing the Olympians. This is the main worry right now, that before the Olympics started, I chose six Olympians to interview personally um, handpicked it, it was a was, bigger deal than qualifying for the Olympics for him close enough it was uh, the Oregon bump no I can't fail yeah so we talked to Michael Collin and Paddy Barnes the boxers yeah. talked to Kieran Bean and Ellis O'Reilly the gymnasts and then uh, Natalie Coyle and Arthur Lanigan O'Keefe modern pentathletes uh, three of them have been in competition by the time we're recording this a fourth will have by the time you hear this so I'm fucking hoping that Michael Conlon wins on Sunday night because otherwise it's ended with uh, Kieran Bean dislocating his knee on the floor routine on Saturday oh Ellis O'Reilly landing on her face <laughs> off the beam on Sunday and then Paddy Barnes basically being beaten in perhaps the biggest shock of the boxing tournament so far I appear to have the kiss of death on Irish Olympics oh, competitors. Not to Monster. turn this to turn this into a sports podcast. But what did you did you buy Paddy Barnes? You know he said he was too. He was down a weight class. <laughs> I brought him chips. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's surely what went wrong. How would you feel? Watching you just every... nagging him the whole time. You're like, you're looking a little, uh, looking a little big there, Paddy. <laughs> I've got to be perfectly honest. There was almost a, a part of me that was watching Joe Ward lose a, a couple of days later, just going, oh, "Thank fuck for that." Someone else has lost as well. <laughs> that it's not just me. As in, yeah, like, yeah. if everyone else was doing fine and the ones that I'd interviewed were the standouts, then yeah, then that's what you'd really worry. Would would you like to take this moment to apologise to not only the Olympians that you interviewed, but their friends, their family, the Irish nation, really? Yes, sorry, Ireland. Um, uh, it should be noted that Cullum is so hardcore into the Olympics that he went to work at what time was it today? 4pm. 4 o'clock today. A nice two-hour work day. Yep. <laughs> Came straight to the podcast afterwards, and for that we applaud him. Thank yes. you. As for Bell and Sebastian, um, you know, we're not, we're not going to review the song. I kind of feel like it's fine. It's a bit of a folly grand that's fun I like it it's but good. it reminded me uh, I feel like they were going for a bit of this that is exactly what they were going for yeah, I think it sounds like homage. something that they would have come up during the sort of Ski Sunday Grandstand match of the day can we have a moment for that Grandstand theme by the way oh Great, outstanding yes, glorious yeah Woo. superb <laughs> and it should be said that no matter how much you don't like the song I must say I'm a fan but it certainly doesn't compare to the worst Olympic tragedy this year far worse than any dislocated knees face or planting. broken legs or face planting it's this 
which is Soundgarden and Steve Aoki. <laughs> really? No, no. Like I'm, the one thing I'll say about it is that it's the worst Soundgarden song ever to begin with. So, like, if you if, they, if Steve Aoki is going to take a took, take a swing at them, I'm happy it was Spoonman. It is a terrible, terrible song. But yeah, I mean, these events never really get it right when there's musical tie-ins. The Euros were dreadful. We had the G-Man, um, yeah. <laughs> David Stop Guetta calling him the G-Man. <laughs> it's not going to catch on. But you know, the, these songs are always abysmal, and that's slightly more abysmal than most. Cullum, um, before we started this podcast, you had your breakfast at mm. 6 o'clock this evening. Yep. Uh, it was a sandwich. How was it? Mm. Not great, right? No, mediocre. Kinda Pretty feel disappointing, like, you know, I kind of, well, okay, well, after the podcast, you're probably going to be even more peckish, so. Damn right. So, you know what you should do? Tell me. You should log on to Just Eat, but not just that way. If you go on to headstuff.justeat.ie and order your food, you know what kind of situation you'll be in? Tell me. You might win two VIP tickets to Electric Picnic. You might win them. You know, you're in with a chance. That's what we're doing. This episode is brought to you by Just Eat, the takeaway app. And if you want to join Cullum Electric this year, sorry, I should note that you're not allowed to enter the competition, Cullum, because you're kind of head stuff staff and there. I've so. already got tickets. And you're already going to picnic, <laughs> so you're grand. But if you want to join Cullum at picnic in the in place of me and Craig and maybe come on the show and review it, we, well, we're not going to really let you do that bit, but it's fine. Uh, headstuff.justeat.ie and order something nice and delicious to eat. That's all you got to do. And that puts you in with a chance to join Cullum and Strad Value this year. They're announcing new acts, actually, this week. So who knows who'll be there. So yeah, Just Eat, get on, get it done. Headstuff.justeat.ie. Let's get it going. It's time now to check out some of the songs that have been released this week that have caught our ear. And the first one is hot off the presses. It's Green Day and it's Bang Bang. I get my kicks and I want to start a rage Yeah, so that's the new single from Green Day. They've announced the release of a new album. Mm. Are we looking forward to it on the basis of that track? So we talked earlier about how I am no longer a Nottingham Forest fan. Mm-hmm. So my first ever gig was Green Day when I was 14 or 15. So by that logic, I should still be a fan of Green Day. If I was a real, <laughs> if I was, you know, if I had honour, I've since passed them on. I don't know what this is. It's so terrible. I think it's like, for me, once I heard, I've got my photo bomb, I've got my Vietnam, I was just like, what is this? It opens with uh, like news footage of ISIS beheadings. Mm. <laughs> this, is, this is tough stuff. I mean, it's the sort of tune, musically at least, that you would expect from Green Day. And even yeah. from early Green Day, that sort of, you know, pop punky, you know, it could have sat on Dookie. Whereas the lyrics have... Yeah, just sort of gone through the strange wash of being, you know, from a middle-aged man at this stage, really. Well, you know, this all goes back to 2004, An American Idiot, where yeah. they went political um, and they got away with it because the tunes were good. 
they could be because they had some decent tunes on there, and it was, it was one their big. I believe it was their song. biggest ever album. It was, one, it was the biggest, bigger, uh, yeah, bigger yeah. and Dookie. Which oh, was, I mean, it's prompted a fucking Broadway musical yeah, adaptation yeah. or whatever. But of suburbia and like, but Billy Joe just clearly well. started believing. Well, now I'm just speaking for the people, and lyrically it was pretty shoddy. And just every album since then has more or less including been, their three albums that they brought out last time. Trilogy records, yeah. yeah. I, I want to point out, by the way, that when I say there's one good song on that record, I don't want listeners to get me wrong. The one good song on that record, I know no one here at the table agrees with me, and that's fine, guys, but Wake Me Up When September Ends is the only oh, good song. Oh, oh, that's the worst. No. <laughs> that is the, the only worst good song thing on that record. Are you no. serious? I, I love that song. And I also love the hilariously melodramatic video with Jamie Bell and Evan Rachel Wood having a fight. Uh, sidebar, by the way, Jane Bell and Evan Rachel Wood were uh, sweethearts for a while after that, and they uh, were—I think they were due to get married, but then uh, Evan Rachel Wood dumped him for, for Marilyn, Marilyn Manson, Manson. Yeah. and then they got back together and got married. They've since divorced. Can you imagine getting back together with your ex-girlfriend after she's been with Marilyn fucking Manson? No. I don't think so, mate. I'm not going there. <laughs> no way. Well, I will say this about uh, Jane Bell. Marilyn Manson, Marilyn no Manson hasn't been in a Lars von Trier movie, so that's true. But surely that. You know, that's coming. <laughs> yeah. But no, okay. Let's get back to this song. It's, uh, yeah, it's rubbish. I mean, like, Green Day are such a spend force. You said middle age. Fucking, yeah. If Billy Joe Armstrong makes it to 90 years of age, good for him. This is a 45 year old man. And, like, the, uh, the album. The, is it that I was going to say, the album yeah. is called Revolutionary Radio. <sighs> so already they're now naming their albums, like, after latter day Bruce Springsteen. Have you records. seen the cover? It's just the like... cover is like a ghetto blaster on fire. <laughs> so fucking alt. And, like, no, they're terrible. I, I, I loved Green Day when I was younger. I grew up, I loved them. My brother was into them, you know, like, fucking Nimrod and all that kind of stuff. When I Come Around, Basket Case, all these tracks. I loved them. I, I, like, back when DVD was the thing, I, I bought, like, International Super Hits with all the videos, and it was a big deal. You know, you know, there was no YouTube back then. Like, I'm showing my age here, but, like, yeah, like, they were a band that I genuinely loved. I think I bought Warning when it came out, and I was like, well, this is the end of the love affair because they've just, they're clearly done now. Then American Idiot comes out, catapults them to a much bigger stratosphere somehow. I don't know why. It just did. And ultimately, yeah, Spend Forest by a mile. And this song is more the same. And he's been talking about the record. And I don't want to hear what he has to say. Well, it's it's kind of, if you hate American Idiot and that kind of what he's been doing for a long time, the, you know, the genesis of this record was him joining a protest um, just on the street. Um, he's a lot to say about Black Lives Matter. Of course and, he does. Yeah, of course so he like, does. Um, it's... It's going to be atrocious. In the pantheon it? of songs <laughs> named, by this. in the pantheon of songs named "Bang Bang," uh, I put this bottom of the list. With and there's a lot of them. In Je- fairness, Jesse J is <laughs> terrible. Bang Bang above it. Uh, oh, yeah. could, what was? Oh, Man, yeah, um, that was terrible, do you know what's terrible. a good Bang Bang song? Mark uh, Ronson, Canaan uh, with uh, the dude from Maroon Five. Great little tune. Mark Ronson was bang bang bang. Sorry, there my bad. Go. Sorry, but no. <laughs> I just kind of feel like in 2016. Who gets excited about a new Green Day album? Yeah, this is the thing. I mean, as well, like I say, musically, it could fit into their earlier stuff, which would prompt the question, you know, do you not have anything more interesting to say? To which yeah. the answer, unfortunately, is, well, we can do more American idiot style stuff. And we can have lyrics like, you know, was like, uh, Mommy's Little Soldier, Daddy's Little yeah. Psycho. And I'm sure... Someone saw Suicide I'm squad. sure the record will be overblown and there'll be strings because they always release their first single as this kind of back to basics, you know, here's our riff and here, here's our no-nonsense song. So yeah. I'm sure the record will be just overblown and... 
to be a 20 minute rock opera in there yeah, and all that. But, yeah. can yeah. you guys already envisage the stage backdrop of uh, Donald Trump's face with X's through the eyes oh, <laughs> oh yes cutting edge oh if Green Day that's are why list, they're back if Green Day are <laughs> that's why they're are back you, are you free for the next few months I can we I, wanted Rage Against the Machine back and we got Green Day yeah. <laughs> fuck Trump is going hell. to win <laughs> there are a few good tunes to wrap your ears around uh, for this week though like this one let's not put a label on it let's keep it fun we don't put a label on it so we can run free yeah i want to be free like you i'm on i'm on i'm on cool girl i'm on i'm on cool girl nice cold i roll my eyes at you So, uh, yeah, that's Tuvalu, or Tovlo, depending on how hard you're trying to sound Swedish. Tovlo? Um, I feel like that's cultural appropriation, mate. Get out of the studio, would you? <laughs> For it's bring your look. problematic. It's Cool Girl, is the name of the tune. Um, I really like this. I kind of, Yeah, I like it too. Um, initially, I wasn't so, like, hooked on it. Um, it's a bit of a grower, especially when you reach that chorus, and it doesn't just explode as you're expecting it to. This um, is it. I mean, Dave, I don't know if you agree, because you and I shared a passion for this song last year. There's shades of good for you about this. Oh, yeah. I mean, like, Selena Gomez is good for you. Non-ASAP Rocky version was my number one track of last year. It wasn't Headstuffs because I bowed to Diplomacy, and therefore it was the second best track of last year. Ahead of Never King, again, Dave. Behind <laughs> King Kunta. Yeah, uh, I think that's overpraise, personally. I think Good For You is a world away from this. But I really like this. Uh, yeah, that kind of chilled out, cool vibe. Um, it's riffing on Gone Girl, which yeah. well, I will now pass the mic to Dave Higgins, film editor for State, and we'll discuss Gone Girl. Go. <laughs> Have you guys, like, the first thing uh, when I listened to this track was, um, do you guys watch Girls? No, I saw oh. the first series. Can't yeah, Stanley I saw them. the first Can't series. Them. Okay, so uh, Alison Williams' character, Marnie, has, like, a, a burgeoning uh, music career in it. A not very good one. The kind of, the, the high point is her doing a kind of sincere version cover of Kanye Stronger. Right. This, to me, sounds like what her electro-pop record was sound like. I'm I, guessing that's not good. That's that's not a good this review, is not a good it? thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I just I it, like it didn't have any hook for me. I found it really plodding. Uh, yeah, it just didn't didn't catch me at all. I think it's fine. I think it's a three out of five. I would I wouldn't put it in the same bracket as good for you at all. But I know I know where you're coming from. But I but I wouldn't agree. I think it was just the, the, as. Craig said you're waiting for that big drop or that big step at the course and it just it never comes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's it's some kind of like, restrained you know, pitch shifty cool. vocals as well, which aren't terribly twenty sixteen. They're a little bit late nineties and I don't know how good they are. Yeah, no, I must say I'm a fan of hers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm not terribly familiar. She's you a, see, she th- seems very cool. She, uh, sorry to use the, 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 <laughs> she's a cool girl. the buzzword, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she'll obviously hate me for saying that, but she seems very interesting, I should say. I read interviews with her and she seems genuinely like kind of passionate and not uh, you know, off the beaten path, I suppose. Doesn't really give a shit, and that's obviously to be admired. She's flown largely under the radar over here. Um, I mean, I, I, I was looking for the sake of it because I was like, just how far under the radar is she? Um, I think her album reached something like, you know, number 14 in the States, number 17 in the UK, and number 43 here. Oh, okay. So she really has been, you know, just something of a nothing 
uh, in the Irish market at least. But um, you know, she's she's done a bunch of co-writes, worked with. Uh, yeah, she's written of- quite a lot, um, and she seems like an interesting character, as you say, Dave. But sometimes I feel with the, her production, it's just it sounds very now, maybe not in the it, best it possible way. Bedroomy, doesn't it? Yeah, it just strikes me that there's a lot of people doing this kind of sound. Sure. Kind of better, maybe. Like, uh, yeah. well, I'm reminded of, of last week's episode and that Bank song and kind of the Warpaint one and kind of Eluna George, the last songs we've heard from them. And it just feels like in a year like this, which is very strong and there's an awful lot to listen to, you kind of got to be at your best. And this is not A game for me. But on the subject of girls, real quick, not just <laughs> Lena Dunham, uh, I also want to do that show because of Zoja Mamet, the daughter of David Mamet, because she has a musical side project in which she tried to get some kind of a Kickstarter campaign going a while ago where she was like, we need X amount of thousands of dollars to make our video in, quote, uh, opulent living spaces in New York. And I was like, you have money. <laughs> Fuck you. So, yeah. right yeah. There you go. Thanks for that. <laughs> feel better now? Feel okay? great, yeah, yeah. Feel great. Feel, feel great. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I've taken down. <laughs> I think I'll feel even better as he punches a wall to our next song. He's just punching up. your escape plan. <laughs> Yeah, so as Dave ices down his knuckles, uh, that was Limerant Death. I'm detecting a tone here. I feel yeah. like I feel like I feel, I feel like I'm on an island of one with this song and this band, possibly. Yeah. Why do you take it away? I feel like the listeners are going to know where I go. That I stand for on me this. personally. Yeah, why not? Like, are we sure they're a band that they've met before they recorded this? <laughs> I, yeah, I frankly, I think the listeners probably know where I'm going to stand on this as well. Let's throw it to Craig, the diplomatic one of the No Encore Trio. Well, listen. It, this took me a couple of listens. And I really like it. Yeah. I really like it. Thanks, buddy. It's uh, much like the Tove Lo song, to be honest. I mean, they're very much the Tove Lo of... Understated. Of mathcore. Um, cool guys. <laughs> <laughs> cool guys. Um, that kind of shift about two minutes in just kind of sold her for me. Um, and I thought it was quite insistent and powerful. Um, I don't know much of her stuff, and it wouldn't be my genre, but yeah, I, I dug it. Dave, so I'm coming for you. Do, you. do you know that I like Dillinger? I had no clue. Okay. I have so. no clue. Do you? Yeah. Oh, buddy. Um, Here, come on. Bring actually, yeah, the first time hand. I ever heard Dillinger Escape Plan was at a Dillinger Escape Plan gig in... Uh, <laughs> That's a good place to hear shocking. them. Yeah. No, it was, it was back in 2002 when they put out the Ironies of Dead with scene Mike EP with Mike Patton. Patton. So yeah. I was like, I'll go to this off the back of Mike Patton, knowing nothing about them. And this was when all they had was that and Calculating Infinity to yes, work with, yes. which were like, this is kind of more you know accessible compared to Calculate Infinity absolutely yeah um, so yeah I've been a big fan of them for a while I don't really like this song it's kind of very like by the numbers for them um, yeah I can see that, I can like, see that. I who of, has numbers for this song this <laughs> song is all about they're, numbers they're, they're like 5 over 4 and they're very jazzy sure um, but I kind of feel that when Patton came into the band uh, kind of much in the way that like um, you get a big director to come and run a show like he kind of set a president president for how the band was going to sound and particularly when Greg Pucciato joined he worked really well within that in this song I kind of feel like he's just completely aping pattern like that last two minutes is 100% Jizz Lover by Fate No More and it just like I don't think they've made (laughs) sounds really good it's a lovely song (laughs) Um, I don't really feel that they've been that relevant in like 10 years since Ironworks like their last two records were just kind of going through the motions even though them going through the motions is still like a quite a technically 
impressive thing. I wouldn't agree that option paralysis went through the motions. Uh, One of Us is the Killer, absolutely. I thought that was quite disappointing. I think option paralysis is a phenomenal record. I think Ironworks is definitely the superior one, absolutely. Uh, I agree with you, yes. I mean, Limmer and Death, this track, I think is, it's great because it's Dillinger, they sound re-energised, but it is definitely Dillinger by numbers, as you say. Um, The important thing to note here is that this is going to be their last record, possibly ever. They're wrapping up, they're taking in, quote, extended high, call them, they're taking a quote extended hiatus, and to be fair, no they're band. They're going to form a supergroup yeah. with the Maccabees, aren't they? That's what's going on. No band has deserved it more. Uh, this is a band that tours relentlessly, and I've seen them twice. Saw them in the Village in 2008, and I saw them in the Academy in 2011. And I actually interviewed them in the Academy for a feature that never ran. Uh, it was supposed to be for Hot Press, never ran because I guess there was a. 17 page interview about fluoride or with some nobody politician that had to run in that issue so you know what can you do but ultimately yes one of my favourite bands one of the best uh, live bands I've ever seen if not the best that village gig I will never forget it unbelievable and yeah it's a shame that they're wrapping up but ultimately I'm happy for them because they have earned it they have absolutely sweated and bled and knocked themselves out on stage they put themselves through it and it was a it's unbelievable a live show Brian Benoit like basically like lost the in his hand to play was he a bass player he was a bass yes, player yes yeah they've been through several members uh, Greg Pucciato yes he's definitely tapping into Patton on this I think he's a I, I love his range I love his vocals he, he can scream he can sing he's, he's, he's tremendous his side project actually The Black Queen had a record out this year which is really really good and yeah I mean like Cullum isn't gonna really I, I, I might make you a playlist I'm like, not even gonna weigh in on yes, I will I've spent the past minute actually trying to think um i'm not exactly a bible scholar i don't know if you would have guessed that about me but uh if the maccabees and the dillinger escape plan formed a supergroup, oh. would the jesuit yes. escape plan actually work as a name <laughs> i love that i think okay you, i think I'm that's not, our episode i'm not, <laughs> not going to fire you from the show because you made a good quip <laughs> i will just to finish on dillinger yeah. just one recommendation like you might want to listen to a song uh if anyone can go to youtube and look at dillinger escape plan virgin mega store oh yeah <laughs> where they played like an in-store show and greg pucciato is like this hulk of a man who just kind of like kind of like jacob bannon and converge he just like prowls around the stage and they're kind of just like tuning up and just as the drop hits he basically crocodile dundees to like <laughs> 10 rows of people all the way to the back of it and it's one of the most terrifying things i've ever seen so he is a force of nature. Have a look at that. Speaking, okay, do look uh, to speaking that. of playlists, well, just real quick before we move on. Speaking of playlists, if you go to Headstuff Music right now, the latest playlist is a Craig Fitzpatrick playlist. It is the life of Pablo as it was meant to be heard. Craig, yeah, Craig on Kanye. Kanye. What more can you want? What more can um, you want? We've been talking about this quite a lot. Um, so I'll give my You've rationale. Been about it quite a lot. Um, <laughs> I'll give my rationale for mixing it up. Sacrilege, I know, but um, no, everyone's lives are going to be better after this point. I'll say this. <laughs> I'll say this. I, I'm really enjoying it. Thank you, man. Yeah. So is this the one that he had written down? Yeah. So does that mean no St. Pablo or did that have St. Pablo? Because no St. Pablo. Pablo is incredible. No St. Pablo. No St. Pablo. No, this was when it was called one. Waves, I believe. Oh. Craig got to be ruthless here by using someone else's uh, original work. <laughs> but there is one true. more song this week. Cullum. Yeah, it's a new one from Miguel and it's called Cadillac. I've got love in my So this is song of the week, right? 
easily. Uh, Dillinger's Escape Plan, obviously. <laughs> you know what? I must say, I wasn't absolutely sold on this song for a minute and a half. Yeah, yeah. As it's going, I was just thinking this would sound so much better and it, in the best possible way, kind of more sleazy if it was just slowed down a little bit. And then the brass kicks in and it's just like, okay, it's no, I brass. get it now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's just in Timberlake style for me. It's got I feel that like it's, feel. Yeah, Justin Timberlake would love to be doing this kind of stuff now, I feel. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's yeah, pretty spot on. Yeah. And Miguel stopped making what a song for the Smurfs. Trolls. Trolls. Get it right, Trolls. man. <laughs> oh, geez. Respect the man's artistry, okay? He's gone he's gone avant garde on the Sound this one. of the summer, that track. <laughs> um, but no, Miguel's a really interesting guy because he started off being quite a, you know, generic RB crooner type and he didn't seem all that interesting. And his second record, Kale- Kaleidoscope Dream, was just incredible. Very kind of psychedelic at times, you know, touches of D'Angelo. Uh, he's a supremely confident guy and he just seems to have great musical ideas. So everything he does is kind of, I mean, it sounds like it should be a hit, but also there's interesting stuff going on there. And he just glides across it all so effortlessly and owns it. Um, and I think he does it again on this song. It's just, it's, it's, it's a cracker for me. Yeah, I love it. It's like, this is kind of what I've wanted from um, Miguel. Like, was Wildheart was his last record last year? Sure, yeah. Yeah, and... Like I liked moments of it, like I loved the 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 coffee fucking remix, but uh, that record wasn't kind of going where I wanted him to go. And the fact that he's just kind of embraced disco, I know this is like a track for uh, Baz Luhrmann's new show on Netflix, yeah, uh, the Get Down. So it kind of might be a once off, but I'd love to love to hear more. As you said, like once the horns kick in, it's just like it's so joy filled, and you've basically got like someone just aping Nile Rogers, uh, Rogers' guitar on it. Um, yeah, big fan. I'll keep, I'll keep it brief seeing as I expanded so much on Dillinger I think this is fantastic I love it yeah it's a great tune and as well as I say it, it kind of gives an indication of you know how many different directions Miguel could turn if he wanted that. yeah he's one of the most interesting guys out there I think because you're kind of guessing all the time what he's going to come out with yeah yeah and so while this is just a standalone like you say for that new show um, it's going to be interesting to see what comes in the next 12 months Equally uh, interesting was the long, long wait for a Lisa Hannigan album. Five years since we heard one, but now we have At Swim, and it sounds like this. Our ladies call your name, brush your hair like it could be day. Their dresses past their knees Spill into the floor like ease They swing the bridges one and more And burn for us Yeah, that's Fall. It's the lead single from Lisa Hannigan's new album At Swim, which is this week's album of the week. We've all been studying hard giving it a yeah. thorough going through. Um, Dave, hi. start us off. Well, um, I spoke to Lisa Hannigan this very week. Uh, Is that part of your homework? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Lisa, I need to ask you a few <laughs> questions before. I, I, I just don't, don't, know what, know, don't know what to <laughs> say. Uh, I, I plugged the podcast, though, so I hope that she's listening. Um, if she is, hello. Hi. But uh, yeah, when I was speaking to her, she was in her record offices in New York and kind of marveling at the view, which obviously I wasn't able to see because it was a phone call interview. But um, yeah, you, Skyped, mate. you mentioned before, Colm, that you've chatted to her as well, and that you know it's you get off the phone and you're like, you know, wow, she's very, she's so charming, and uh, yeah, she really is. Might have been in person, and oh, wow. yeah, yeah, she's just an incredibly, incredibly nice woman. Yeah, she's like dead on, and no airs or graces. Uh, what do we incidentally, just real quick, 
What would you say her favorite Keanu Reeves movie is? Because she's a big Keanu Reeves fan. She has. If it's a, John Wick, I'm getting ready to. Tr- if it's not John Wick, I'm getting ready to trash this. It's not. John, it's not John Wick. I'm well, sorry. It's got to be Speed then. It's not Speed. Ooh. But she did mention that she had a uh, photograph of him in Speed on her like wall as a kid. Or Bill and Ted. Nope. Really? I, I, I thought this would have been obvious. Is it? Oh, point break. Sorry. Point break. Point guys. break. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry. Yeah. Point okay. Break. Okay. Yeah. And no. 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 That's. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely fair. Speaking of Point Break, uh, on the Head Stuff <laughs> website soon, there should be a feature with me watching the Point Break remake with Legalaxy, and I'm sorry to all involved. Back to the album, though. Let's. Yes, At Swim, as you say, her first album in five years, uh, six years, as she kind of said to me on the phone, because obviously she had made it, you know, a year prior to mm-hmm. its release. So, yeah, but at the same time, it, that is a long gap, but this is her third record in less than ten years. So not even kind of gets to that level. Um, to me... It's a it's a cliche to say it, and even when I said it to her over the phone when I was talking to her, I kind of was like, oh, fuck Dave, that's a real cliched question. It's such a cliched word, but I really feel like there's a darker edge here than there was on Passenger, and definitely than there was on uh, CISO, her first record, both of which were choice nominated, I believe. Um, I think that this is her strongest work to date, personally. Um, I'm, I think it's a really terrific body of work. How do you guys feel? It definitely is, yeah. yeah. It's it's definitely her strongest album. She has a... Yeah, there's a new kind of depth there. Um, just in terms of what she's doing, it's kind of still occasionally that flighty thing, that kind of, you know, elusive thing. But her voice, even, the things she's singing about, it's like, you know, it's more impermeable, I guess. Um, she she took a good few years off where she just had massive writer's block. Um, and... So it seems strange listening to that that she was struggling through this because it just maybe it all just came in a rush. I know Aaron Desner of the National had a big part to play, and actually for the majority of it, it feels like it could be also his album. Like he should almost she, have co-billing. She credited him quite a bit. I mean, like it was almost to, like almost to a fault. I mean, I was kind of like, you know, you wrote this record as well, you know. Um, but she was very, you know, I mean, like, to be fair, like as I say, you know, very humble. She credits him with shattering that writer's block essentially like, like he kind of popped up at the right time they had exchanged emails before they were kind of email pen pals as she said and basically him kind of coming up out of the blue it really worked it really yeah. jogged her into writing these songs and I think what he did for her was what he does for say Matt Burning- Burninger Burninger? Burninger. Burninger? Burninger. Burninger, I think though that's the German way to say it I believe it's a Tom German Tom Berenger he's from Germany mate yeah. I'm not sure, man. I'm not sure. I think I'm right. But anyway, well, I said it to him, and he didn't correct me. So, <laughs> well, he's a very polite, man. <laughs> um, but essentially, what he does is he will get the music from Aaron Desner um, and just kind of sing over and riff over it. And she was talking about how she did, did this as well and it freed her up melodically because sure. she wasn't working just over her own chords or her own piano or whatever. Um, and yeah, it just sounds like she was very much freed by that experience. Yeah, just on the the Aaron Desner thing, like I really think that they worked incredibly well in this. Like I know one of his last kind of high profile production jobs was on the Local Natives record, which for me didn't really work because I feel like he brings like a very somber coldness to yeah. a record. And there was something about what she was singing about, like this, you know, you need when you need to look at the track listing to see that like there's a lot of kind of. Uh, morbid tones about it and there's like a lot of isolation in it um she's already been apologetic about that to her own mother she was like oh she was like she said to me she was like she was she, like i'm okay <laughs> yeah she was also like she was like god i hope they're not as depressing as it looks see uh, that's why i fucking like lisa hannigan how many artists have you ever interviewed who apologize to their mothers about their album's content <laughs> it's rare she's fucking awesome yeah she's awesome I've got to say... She's very nice, but calm I, down. I know, but I was... Jesus. I've been, I've, been, I've been slightly torn about this album 
because maybe, as she, much, maybe she's not so awesome. As mu- yeah, as much as I recognise all that sort of stuff, and like I was trying to explain this right, and the only way I could was like if you've ever been to like a really nice art museum. And, like, a really nice one. Like, not where you just have, like, you know, old women with, like, long line drawings of dogs. But, like, you walk into a room and everything there is, like, a legit masterpiece. It all has, you know, merit. It's all beautiful and aesthetically perfect and all the rest of it. But there might only be one painting that really strikes you. Or that engages you in some way. And the rest of them are kind of just there. Mm. For long periods of this album, I was just like, that song is kind of just there. It wasn't grabbing me necessarily. I mean, I really like her voice when she's on that kind of like low register, that kind of breathy vocal. I think it's fantastic. Like you say, when she gets a bit flighty, for me, it loses a bit of power. There's a song like Low, where they kind of bring in that driving rhythmic little thing. It's one of my favourites. It just never took off for me. Really? Yeah. Um. I mean, I think Undertow, the following song yeah. did a better job I mean, of that. Yeah. I think that's fantastic. That trio song, yeah. for me of Snow, Low and Undertow. Slow, Low my, Undertow. Yeah, I thought that was just like the highlight of the album. Yeah, no, yeah. I'd say that too. I mean, I think uh, Fall, the, the, the single, is, is fantastic as well. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I thought We the Drowned, it was, you know, just kind of distant. I thought that Funeral Suit, and I mean, mm. these things are a delicate balance, but there was large parts of this album that felt you know, Shan Nose in the sense that, like, this could be your aunt's party piece. Well, yeah, I was going to say, I mean, she took inspiration not from Flann O'Brien, as the title would suggest, but Seamus Heaney, apparently. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. she was reading a lot of his poetry, and I fucking hate Seamus Heaney. Well, I mean, I mean, yeah, atrocious. Yeah, Anna, Horish, Anna Horish is, I mean, like, can you call it a cover of Seamus Heaney? It's yeah, a yeah, Heaney it's, a, it's, a, it's a reading of that. Put to music, yeah. And yeah, Let's there's just a be glad that she didn't do midterm There's break, a certain, okay? you know, not to my taste, but a certain wordiness about that. It's kind of like romanticizing peat bogs or something. I'm not I into just, it, yeah, it's not, it's too earthy or no, you, oh, there's something yeah you know what I've got to say I don't hate Seamus Heaney uh, or, <sighs> or at least his poems I'm not yeah. sure how much I can take of his poetry being put to music they're just they just felt a bit too much of it there was at least five songs in this album basically right that sound like the song you do first on an encore if you know what I mean if you've been to enough gigs you'll know what I mean an artist comes out, sings one song quietly, does some, usually a cover with like a big mad breakdowny bit towards the end and then plays their hit single. That's how encores work. Taking all Ryan Sheridan's secrets there, man. <laughs> and th- 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 this is the first song of the encore. This is the stripped down special moment thing of, of the evening. And what if, what if there was no encore? <laughs> hey. oh. What a world that would be, Dave. Strange, yeah. strange. And, and the thing is, I don't know, because in the same way... Did it, like, also, did it also annoy you that it was recorded in a church? Because that kind of annoyed no. me. No, 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 <laughs> that no, no, no. That didn't bother me in the Why slightest. Why did that bother you? Uh, uh, it just seems to be a thing now. I know it's for practical reasons, but... Mika Corners did it. I know. She's done it. And also, I, uh, that was like one of my, my first question. I was like, what's the appeal? I was like, does it go beyond the acoustics? And she pretty much was like, well, you'd have to talk to Aaron about that. So I kind of feel like she basically deferred to his, um, you know, Guidance, I suppose, on that yeah. one, and I feel like it is acoustics, and um, that kind of thing wouldn't bother me. I, I quite like the idea, actually, of particularly Irish artists using a church in 2016 to almost kind of make their own statement, given you know what we've all grown up with, and <laughs> sure, I suppose. Stuff. Enough, yeah. But yeah, I, I, I feel like it's it's kind of different. I will say, Colm, there's a word I'm wondering if you're dancing around here, and that word is samey. No, 
I don't think so because, like, certainly in the production, there is enough ambition here that it did look to have that variety, and I think it achieved that variety. Um, obviously, any time that you're going to have, you know, a rather minimalist approach in terms of instrumentation and then one voice throughout an album, you know, people will have an ability to try to throw the word samey at it. But no, I wouldn't use it here. I just... Yeah, I felt as though there was an awful lot of this that simply just didn't draw me in, that it was aesthetically pleasing, it was delicately put together. Can I ask if you listen to it on headphones? Yes. Like, like good headphones? Yes. And I kind of feel like, I, I'm wondering now like whether that this is a fault of me, if I enjoy an album more, if I'm listening to them on decent headphones than I am on, on speakers, you know, like I... I have a good setup for that as well, but like this <laughs> and bragging, <laughs> yeah, just so you know, you know, like uh, audio file over here. Uh, this album and also the new James Vincent McMorrow, which we'll talk about soon on the show. I quite, uh, I, I got more out of them once I kind of like slapped some headphones on and kind of like got lost in them. And I feel like that's what these albums are. That's why I would to do. say I think Desner nearly deserves co-billing on this because it's so, so much of the time I could hear him on it, and she's talked about herself. How she would like they'd work together, but he would still be adding stuff to the songs and be like, yes. "I get a nice present in yeah, my inbox." Exactly, and yeah, so, yeah. like, if he's just adding parts of the songs, I mean, you know, whole textures and whole feelings of these. And songs again, are I his. asked her about that. I, I said, I, I said, like, you know, was it hard to remain patient during that process? And she didn't see it that way. She was like, "No." She was like, as you said, she was like. All of these uh, additions, all of these things that necessarily would have happened behind the scenes, and she would be obviously, you know, I'm sure she had final say, of course, but she was like, no, no, she she appeared to really enjoy the process, um, collaborative effort perhaps, but ultimately one that she kind of stands alone, like like her name is on there, and I, and I feel like it does, it's that kind of weird marriage, like I, I feel like, yes, there is a behind the scenes person doing an awful lot of work, but ultimately it either works or it doesn't based on the person in front of it, and I feel like here it definitely does. Yeah, I'm kind of, I'm with you, Colin, that like, I really... Uh appreciate this record and like it, it kind of you know it's beautiful and it's haunting but like there's nothing there really really ultimately grabbing me about it um like i wouldn't call it in any way samey like i do find it incredibly dynamic and as you said like what desner does with it and even like adding like some like light electronics into it is like something that i'd like to see her even go further with particularly mm-hmm. on the, la- the last track barton actually is, goes it's it's different ending on the record in that it kind of opens it up and i'll put it to do it on the last song you're kind of like well that's where a was teaser. that that's yeah, a real yeah, teaser yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, so, yeah. and as i already mentioned that low register for me i mean i'm i'm immediately sitting up when she comes in with that sort of low voice on that song yeah it was it, it was quite a highlight to finish with really yeah absolutely like that's the standard track for me on the record yeah yeah, like I say, I mean, and I really do stand by the analogy, it's the sort of thing which, you know, with time, I'm sure I could come to like the album more, uh, if I learn more about it, and I'm sure I will over the coming weeks as she does interviews and, and you know, you hear some of the background of it, you might come to gain a greater appreciation, but for now there's there's a lot of stuff here that, yeah, just seem like museum pieces, they seem like, you know, look but don't touch, and for me it the album's a little distance. I'm gonna give it a six. Oof, I feel like that's Dave. Well, I mean, I feel like that's quite low. Um, I I know where you're coming from. That kind of you know, like it's like an art house film, and that you admire it, and it stays with you during the experience. You might not necessarily be like you know loving it, but ultimately that kind of thing. Uh, I'm finding it hard to find a score for this one. I'm gonna go seven point five. And but again, I kind of 
I, I'm hating ratings this year. Like, I'm just not into them. Hating ratings. Yeah. Hating ratings. Dave? I'm a 6.5 on this. Okay. I felt this was the first time I could actually connect with her stuff, and I do think it's her best record. Um, so it sounds bad then to say 7. <laughs> uh, so 7.5 might be, you know, just hovering close to, no, 7.5. You know, it should, it should be said as well, though, that, and I think it's fair. That's a, recommend, that's a strong rating from, yeah. from us, like it is. Like, it is, like, and what's more, I mean, I think if you're listening to us now, you can kind of appreciate that none of us really feel we've got a full grasp on this record despite living with it for a week oh man this is not I've got it sussed (laughs) (laughs) no you're very right it is this is not an immediate record at all this is not an immediate it'll take weeks this was actually a rare occasion because you know obviously this album's out on Friday Uh so we've had this album in advance and this is a rare occasion when I came into the podcast kind of feeling like another week I feel kind of unprepared I kind of feel like I don't think we've had enough time and I've had more time than you guys have had as well and yeah, there's a lot to be said. We talked about this before about like going back to an album and reappraising it, and that's why I feel like even like the scores that we're giving it. I mean, look for me, it's a strong recommend. Like, yeah, that's better and, than and, and it should be said as well that it, it is again to use a phrase from from last week. Not easy listening, but it is easy to listen to. So it's something that we could probably uh, be giving a few spins in the future and might even come back to it at a later date uh, but for now that's yeah Lee Sanigan that's swim it's out this Friday this Friday and this Friday is a lot of stuff out actually it's quite a heavyweight release day and in terms of what else you can listen to um, there's a couple of things out which I would recommend I'd recommend Scott Walker did the soundtrack for a new film called The Childhood of a Leader oh wow and I'm wondering has he listened to it has he listened to his own soundtrack? There's an incredible story about Scott Walker yeah. bringing a bunch of journalists into a studio for one of those listening sessions. And two journalists were talking and Scott turned around and he went, hey, this is the only time I'm going to listen to this album, so shut the fuck up. <laughs> and, he, and he apparently blasts it out and then he's like, I'm done completely with this work. Yeah. It's almost Scott like he's Walker. eccentric or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, he did the soundtrack for The Childhood of Leader, which is the directorial debut by the actor Brady Corbett. Uh, in case you're wondering who that is, you might have seen him in Thunderbirds when he was a teenager. If you're into more art house fair, you might have seen him in films They've let like... one of the puppets do a film. <laughs> Come on, man. You might have seen him in films like Funny Games, the remake, and in Simon Killer, an excellent art house film from a few years ago. Uh, great movie. I really enjoyed it. Um, definitely art house in that regard, of almost like you're saying with museum pieces earlier on. The soundtrack is incredibly unsettling. Uh, it's really dizzying and often quite stark. It, can, it almost sounds like an 80s chiller. Remember the genre? Chiller? No one ever uses that word anymore, but it was a real thing. Kind of like a thriller slash horror, okay. all in one word. The point is, I don't know how the soundtrack works without the visual. So I don't I haven't listened to it yet, but if it does work without the visual, cool, give it a go. All I say is it's pretty oppressive. Uh, the other album that I would recommend is Crystal Castles of all things. Uh, Amnesty One is the name of this record. It's the first record without Alice Glass, and the new singer Edith Francis is essentially doing an Alice Glass impression. But there's enough here that I was very uh, kind of surprised by. I think it stands up quite well. It's definitely a throwback. It sounds like it's 2008, and I'm okay with that. There's some excellent songs in here, one in particular called Kept, which is an absolute belter. Flows very, very well, ends in that kind of Crystal Castles way. It's nothing you've not heard before, but they're still very good at doing it. So that's my recommends for the week. I would go with Jamila Woods. Um, she's a Chicago singer, um, debut record, and at a time when we're getting a lot of protest music, some good, some actually great, I put this closer to the great spectrum of things, certainly one of the most listenable in that an only way of just somehow dealing with this kind of very, I don't know, difficult subject subject matter, but making it kind of very absorbing and R&B wears its influences very much on its sleeve, but she's a real talent and I'd say check it out, the album's heaven. 
Uh, I will go for Rival Consoles. Uh, it's a kind of a mini EP out on the Erase Tapes Records label, which is kind of where Chiasmos and Niels Fram uh, put their stuff out, which is kind of like a good maybe uh, reference point for it. Uh, kind of reminds me a little bit of that kind of nocturnal uh, John Hopkins vibe. Um, and I also, one that I kind of thankfully because Frank didn't put a record out finally getting around to the YG records so mm. if anyone hasn't got on that I would say yeah I get think we've it. been beating on that one for a little while but yeah definitely uh, join Dave in catching up with that uh, mind you speaking of catching up I've got to give a shout out to uh, Margaret Glasby which had passed me by her album uh, Emotions and Math which I think is an amazing album title if anyone's tr- tried to write music they'll know exactly what that's about um, <laughs> that album came out two months ago uh, she is California born uh, kind of learned to really be a musician in, in Boston, now lives in New York. It's her first record at 27 years of age, and yeah, that, that maturity really shows. It's slightly grungy pop, I suppose. She's not afraid to peel it back when she wants to or when she needs to, but uh, it's outstanding, and she's going to be playing at Electric Picnic in a couple of weeks, actually. So if you want to catch her there, um, yeah, well worth doing some homework in the meantime. Looking forward to the picnic, are you? Yeah, getting there. All right. Um, you know, slowly building up weekend by weekend. Getting up before but, um, in the day. <laughs> yeah. Still we retired? I'm still retired, yeah. I'm the right there with you. Awesome, man. Yeah. 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 Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we look forward to your review, Cullum. Uh, maybe we'll bring you back for that one, Dave, so we can all just sit on the opposite side of the table and interview him like he's interviewing for a job. Cool. That could be good. I might actually go. It'll be great. All right, fair enough. You know, you do what you want to do, man. You, okay. you, you, like, you live your life the way that you want it. No one hey, here is going right, to judge okay, you. It's fine. Do what you want. Anyway, um, that's no encore for this week. Guys, thank you all for coming in, especially you, Dave. Cheers, thank Dave. You. Good Woo. to be here. We will have you back. Do we, does he get a round of applause? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, do it. Sweet. Yeah, so my name is Dave Hannity. Um, there will be no encore. This has been no encore. You know the spiel at this stage. To play us out this week, a song that I know Cullum is going to love. We have a five-piece uh, metal hardcore band from Galway. They're called Elenkis. And this is taken from their brand new EP entitled Hunger. It's out on the 23rd of September. And it's three minutes of beautiful, wondrous noise for anyone who enjoyed the Dylan Driscoll plan earlier on. So, Cullum, you want to... Uh, Just grab my coat there, like Excellent. Yeah, uh, this is Honey Bunny. <laughs>
This has been a production of the Headstuff Podcast Network. Peacock fuels your true crime obsession with exclusive new originals. John Wayne Gacy, Devil in Disguise. Clowns can get away with murder. And Epstein Shadow, Ghislaine Maxwell. She inherited Jeffrey Epstein's secrets. Plus the most bingeable crime series, Snapped. Sign up now at PeacockTV.com. Hi, this is Paige from Giggly Squad, and I want to talk to you about Splash Refresher and my water intake. Okay, so you guys obviously know that I'm a hydrated girly. But sometimes when you drink that much water, it starts to just taste bland and you're just like, I need something to spice it up. That's why I love Splash Refresher. It has zero sugar, zero calories, and it's a splash of sweetness. And they come in five different flavors. They're so good. Wild berry, acai grape, pineapple mango, lemon, and mandarin orange. My favorite is the wild berry because I just, I just love a berry. So if you're like me and you're drinking water all day, then try Splash Refresher. It's going to absolutely change your water game and it's good for you. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most. But if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.